Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. Each week, we will sit down with a guest and chat about news and events related to women in the sport and hobby of pinball. Now here's your host, Lauren Gray. Welcome, everybody. It's the crossover episode. It's like that episode where Urkel goes to the Tanner household. You know, we've merged. I'm super excited. I am Lauren Gray from the Backbox Pinball Podcast, and I am so excited to bring my back my friend. She's been on the show before, and we hung out together this weekend because, like, everybody and their mom in Pinballlandia has heard about it. <laughs> Please help me welcome my friend and guest, Miss Crystal Gemnick, the host of the Plum Pinball Podcast. Yay! Hello. Hello. It's a pleasure to see you again, Lauren. I know. It's been just, After... you know, a couple of days. <laughs> Uh, a whirl, a whirlwind week, I guess, if you want to, if you want to call it that, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Ha ha. Yeah. So Crystal, some people, you know, like four may not have heard that we went to a thing this weekend. <laughs> we did. We did go to a thing. We went, we went deep, deep, deep into the heart of Texas. I did see the Alamo, but that was not the most exciting thing that I saw when I was in Texas. Yeah, we we went to we went to Deep Root and we had a pleasant tour and we met Robert Mueller and a, a lot of other people and it was it was quite a trip. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. Crystal and I have met in person. Uh, we got an opportunity to hang out with some really cool people. For those of you who don't know, we were invited to uh, an event going on at Deep Root Pinball, which is in my hometown of San Antonio, Texas. We were joined by Jeff Patterson from This Week in Pinball, Colin McAlpine, Mr. I Won Pinberg, and I'm a super awesome pinball player. Uh, we are also joined by Carrie uh, Hardy from, uh, you guys know him from YouTube fame, Carrie Hardy Productions, and then Chris Chandler, who is the pinball show correspondent for Deep Root. I felt bad. I'm like, I, I need a moment to remember everybody's name. Um, <laughs> we're in a special missions group now because I like feel like I have like all these pinball friends. And it was fun because I'd never met Chris. Chris and I had not met. We didn't know each other that well. And Jeff and I had never met in person. So we'd been like internet friends. So mm -hmm. that was fun to get to know everybody and, you know, see you guys. And Jeff put it like it was nice to have a weekend that seemed normal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I likened it like when we were hanging out at the hotel one of the nights there, we were all just like hanging out, having some drinks and, and what have you. And I was like, this is so weird being in a completely empty hotel with pinball people. It's almost like it's a pinball show, but not a pinball. It was like some kind of a spooky, like other universe where we were <laughs> like, we were hanging out and we were talking about pinball and we were all, you know, like you would do at a pinball show, but it was just like six of us alone in this like completely empty hotel. It was, it was really cool. I had never met Carrie Hardy. I, yeah. I've seen him on the Twippies and I've, I've seen a, like maybe snippets of his show and stuff. And Chris, I had never met before either, but it was a real pleasure and a definite hodgepodge group, I would say. We were a merry band of travelers that had kind of <laughs> converged on this crossroads, y'all. Because, I mean, yeah, we all kind of, we either knew of each other or we, you know, had met in passing. The only <laughs> one out of the group I think I knew relatively well is Colin, just because we're both Texas competitive pinball players in much different brackets, mind you. I'm like kind of <laughs> bottom feeding, whereas Colin, you know, is, you know, 
kicking you know what and taking names but love Colin Colin's like one of my favorites but we had so much fun getting to know each other and I I thought as a group we gelled really well I think that we were also really well chosen because there was obviously like pinball media I'm using air quotes I don't know why but that's what we are I I did keep on saying the same thing I'm like media Uh, media but then you know like so we had Carrie who yes he does like YouTube stuff. He's a very technical, like he, he knows parts, he knows pinball machines. He, he's very interested in how everything works, which is very much how I feel like I am newly. So as well as being more interested in the people side of things and, you know, the people who work there and then the people who are obviously going to be covering it and um, the people who are going to be playing the machines. And then you have Colin who is like the rules guy. He's very tournament driven, I guess is a good way very of much looking so. at it. So, and then, you know, you have Chris who is a correspondent and he's just, he's new to the hobby, but he's also, he's pretty smart. He's a pretty sharp, pretty sharp tack. And then, you know, there's you and I, and we're, we're both podcasters and who am I leaving anybody out? <laughs> oh, and Jeff, pinball journalist himself. Yeah, exactly. The the deep six as we we as we called ourselves. Um, And I know that there were people that were asked who who were not able to make it, but um, not to say that we're stand-ins, but it was it was definitely nice to be asked. It was um, a, a real pleasure. Yeah, you know, everybody's been dealing with, you know, I I joke the last couple of months, Earth is closed, you know, it's kind of a bummer. We're all at home, you know, hanging out by ourselves. And it was nice to kind of forget that. I mean, you know, we were still very aware of COVID and everything going on. But when I got the invite, I felt like I was being invited into a Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. It's like, oh my God. And (laughs) since I am the hometown kid, like, so kind of the step back, I, yes, I know Steve and he's kind of been my connection to Deep Root, but I've been very adamant about not bugging him about that because he gets it all the time. So I'm like, Steve's my friend and Mm -hmm. he can't tell me anything, even if I want to know. So I'm not going to ask him like deep root stuff. Sure. So I didn't know anybody from there. I hadn't been to the factory or anything like that. So for me being asked, I was incredibly flattered and a little like, oh my God, I can't believe they asked me. But it was super exciting. We all got together this weekend. Of course, you and Jeff flew in, you know, the rest of us, you know, drove in. Me, I just drove down the road, had quesadillas, had a good time the night before, hung out, chatted about, you know, what we wanted to see, what we were excited about. What were your feelings? Kind of going into it? I was asked, it wasn't very, very long ago, but it was definitely like a surprise. And like you said, I was very flattered and very like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm going to San Antonio. And it was very hard to not tell everybody, first of all. For sure. (laughs) So anytime there's like an exciting pinball thing, you just want to tell everybody because it's, you know, it's our thing. It's like you say, it's our jam. Yeah. So to have that like really exciting thing and to not be able to share it with with everybody was definitely tough. And I'll say this very briefly. I've always wondered about what it's like to have to sign an NDA. And now that I've had to do it, I'm sort of like, I'm not sure I want to do that ever again. (laughs) So it it was a challenge. Very much so a challenge. We're podcasters. So we tend to be able to be more of the opinion kind of pundit sort of thing, you know, less journalism in the Jeff category, we can kind of give our opinions. But when you sign an NDA, you kind of agree to, you know, honor a contract with somebody like they were, we're letting you into our house. You, you may see stuff that we don't want you to talk about. And that that's kind of the trade-off. And Absolutely, yeah. 
I, I've signed NDAs before and, you know, I work in a, a field where, you know, that kind of stuff is important. So I was like, okay, I can keep a promise and, and stay quiet. But I wanted to tell everybody, I was like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think the only thing we were allowed to say is I'm involved with an event with Deep Root in, in the September. month of September. Yeah, I was like, that's literally all I could say. And my like local San Antonio peeps, they're like, it's this weekend, right? I'm like, I know I'm involved with an event with Deep Root in September. <laughs> that is all I could say, people. <laughs> yeah. all I could say. Um, so it, it came out that we were there this weekend. You know, I'm not going to rehash um, what Robert has stated in, in the statements. So we're just going to say things didn't go as planned. So there was a some technical issues with Raza, but the thing I think I love the most about being there was the people. Like you could tell that the people that work there are truly passionate about what they're doing and what their mission is. Particularly, I got to give a shout out to Quinn Johnson, who's their narrative guy. And then of course, Steve Bowden, who's, who's my friend and the rules designer. I got a chance to spend quite a bit of time with both of them. Quinn was kind of our like de facto host besides Robert, Robert Mueller. And he's so, he was so much fun. Yeah. And he was very earnest and very excited about what he was doing and what he was showing us, which was something that I, I really appreciated a lot. And it looks like, it's hard to say unless you're a fly on the wall, but it looks like he and Steve work really well together. Uh, and just based on what Steve was saying, you know, what Steve talked to us about, about working with him as a team, they work really well together and they, they seem to enjoy each other's, you know, business company whatever however you want to say it which was really nice especially because you know we want to see steve do well and be excited about what he's working on so that was really great i really enjoyed that and uh, yeah (laughs) yeah i just i every person i met you know they really wanted you know our visit to be a success and for raza and everything else that they're pushing out the door to be in people's homes and, and love all the things they've done and and that was the thing that, that caught me most was that these people, you know, I don't was like, they drank the Kool-Aid, but I mean, you just could tell how much they loved their jobs, loved being there, were excited about what they were doing. Even with everything that had, you know, happened on that the weekend, they were still like excited. Like you could just tell, you know, it was a bit of a want want, but it, they were excited. They were excited to be there and they were like, it's, it's, we're going to make it work. And I was like, you know, thumbs up to everybody. I was like, I, I totally have faith in all you guys, ladies and gents and everybody listening. We are going to be following the, uh, the, this week in pinball pretty, we're going to pretty much stick to script on that. Just, you know, we'll cover the points that Jeff laid out and, and kind of our, our thoughts on what we can say. And I know people might, Oh, I signed an NDA. I'm like, you know what we did. So I, you know, a promise is a promise. So, and that does not make us shills either. You know, ah, I made the horrible, godly mistake of going on Pinside and reading the deep through root thread. (laughs) I don't know why I did that. It's not good for my self esteem or self care. I won't do it. Don't don't do it. I refuse. Facebook Facebook uh, messages and and Facebook you know posts have been enough for me and I I actually took a break from Facebook for a little while other than you know checking work messages because I have to check work messages there but and then all of a sudden just being completely like nosedive back into Facebook again and I'm just like wait a minute this is why I stopped Um, (laughs) but that that's been enough for me I I don't like 
Pinside is just, I go to Pinside for tech advice and maybe spare yeah. parts, but that's about it. <laughs> I, I really stay off of there unless I need to check the price of a machine or like if I'm looking for some type of like part or some, you know, mod or something. But I stay out of the forums because it's just toxic. I mean, yeah. I think that there is a lot of good intent, but man, it's just rough. It's like, no, it's like, it's just not good for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wanted to say I'm not a shill. I mean, I'll be honest about what I can, but I, you know, you made the trade-off. If you agree to come and see somebody's house and they ask you not to share certain things, I'm going to abide by that because I have sure. something called integrity. So, yes. Yes. and you know, we'll talk about this now, but there was some photos that were leaked that made it online. We don't know who did it, but whoever it is, shame on you, man. Shame on you because that's pretty crappy. <laughs> like, I was really upset about it. And I was too. It just, it makes, you know, makes us look bad. And, you know, I'm yeah. like, what? Y'all, makes, y'all can't yeah. wait. Y'all can't wait. Yeah. Well, something just to speak to that, just very briefly, I've seen leaked photos of pinball machines before. It it happens a lot in this industry. And it's kind of been one of those things where it's like clickbait, you know, you you can't help but click it and you do. And then you're like, oh, wow, that's what, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy looks like, or that's what, oh my gosh, you know, the next big thing's going to look like. And, And you kind of just give your opinion and then you wave it off. And then it's, you know, people forget about it the next day, which is true. But being on the other side of that, like being at the factory and meeting the people who it actually like, it chokes me up a little bit to even talk about it. Like it's, it's, I was very upset that day, but anyways, meeting the people who put very hard work into it and are very excited about launching this thing and, you know, putting it out there and then having that dashed by someone who puts a picture up and then, you know, everybody just goes to town on it it's very hurtful. It's very disrespectful. It's like you said, like it, it lacks a lot of integrity and being on that side of it and seeing both sides now, I, I definitely understand when people are talking about leaks, like how, how shitty they are. So anyways, that's my two cents. We can move on. And yeah, talk we're going to move stuff. on. <laughs> we think it's crappy, whoever did it. And it, it Crystal's right. Cause I, I have like, Oh, Hey, look, check it out. But now being on the other side of it, it, it kind of sucks. It just, mm-hmm. just kind of sucks, y'all. So yep. so the next time this happens, because you know it will, whatever next company is releasing a game, think about it before you click on it. So okay. just just think about it. Think about the other the other side yeah. of it. So but yeah, like moving into what we actually saw. So, you know, we had a couple of things and, and we'll go through the, the article a little bit, but I do do really want to thank the Deep Root family for for inviting us in. And we got to spend a time with a lot of the staff. We were primarily with Robert Mueller. Steve Bowden and Quinn Johnson, I would say primarily they were kind of our, you know, hosts for the most part. And, you know, they, they and Kelly. Oh, yes. And Kelly, uh, uh, Kelly, Robert's sister-in-law, who was very, very nice. She was our, like a handler. Um, and <laughs> and uh, I, I feel weird. I'm like, I have a handler. I'm so fancy. But she, you know, kind of ushered us through our day and the different things that we did. You know, the, and Jeff kind of put it really well. Everything I saw was incredibly ambitious and very interesting and very innovative. I think people are giving them, you know, them being deep root a hard time because, oh, why are you trying to reinvent the wheel? And I think that people who are innovative and trying to, you know, update something, you know, they get a lot of flack. Like, why are you going to, you know, change something if it isn't broke? And I'm like, well, don't you want it to be better? There's a lot of interesting tech. Uh, a lot of it reminds me of the, the P3 platform. 
but there's a lot of really cool stuff. And I mean, we can talk about, you know, starting off, you know, the cabinet and the back box. I know it's very Williams Valley. And that was like kind of a, a thing we heard a lot that they were very, you know, enamored of the Williams Valley heyday of pinball. We saw a, a quite a bit of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, I love that. I, I really appreciate that, especially when I heard about the the Yukon Yeti. I just, you know, I my ears perked up immediately because that's that's awesome. Something uh, speaking to the idea of of innovating and and making pinball something new and interesting. You know, a lot of people talk about homebrew. Like, you know, if you're going to design a pinball machine, design a pinball machine that you would want to play. And I, I think that's what. That's what Deep Root is doing. That's what Robert, as far as I understand, wants to do is to make something. He wants to make a game that he would want to play, which is what he was thinking about with this this new style. And it's pretty evident there. They have the two types of cabinets. They had the what they call the arcade edition. This is more like what you imagine, like the two little side speakers and the display. But the, the thing that they thought I thought was cool is that they had that panoramic. You remember the panoramic wrap? Mm-hmm. with the backlit artwork yeah you just don't think about doing something with the side panels if you're a collector you tend to have more than one so you don't think about the side panels but i thought the the wrap back like backlit artwork i can't even say it um was really 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 striking yeah absolutely it looks it looks great and uh, it's cool too because you won't have you know flat decals on the side you have this really bright sort of cabinet that'll that'll shine all the way around it looks i like it i think it looks cool and on their uh two other editions the x edition and the extra edition they had the floating back box again like i said i went to Pinside. i still hate myself but like people <laughs> like they were very divided on that floating back box it didn't bother them or they truly hated it i'm like it doesn't i didn't have an, a, an opinion either way it was cool um but i didn't hate it yeah. i'm like people just hate it i'm like I think it looks good. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah. What, do you, what did you think? I'm not really sure what there is to hate about it. I, like I, it, it's, it's just a, I mean, I don't want to say it's just a back box because it is definitely different and, and interesting, but uh, I can't say that I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah. I think if anything, it adds sort of a dynamic. If you, if you have this in your collection, I think it'll add something a little bit more dynamic, something kind of interesting to look at. I mean, if you think about, you know, going into an arcade and even seeing like a pinball 2000, it's like, oh, wait, what's that? Is that a pinball machine? Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's cool because it still sort of has the the pinball shape, but, you know, it just sort of breaks it up a bit, which I think is kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, like one of my favorite features, the hinge glass that was on the assisted lift where it would float up and it would just stay there. I mean... That was pretty awesome. When I saw that, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, like, yeah, I didn't have to worry about where to put the glass. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. This version of this, it it sort of just floats up, which is really cool. I mean, it'll definitely help with like, you know, that whole idea of like, where am I going to put my glass? It's like, well, you don't have to put it anywhere. It's just going to pop right up. I think about it, you know, when I'm in, you know, the arcade and I got to get a stuck ball in tournament or, you know, in league. And I don't have to like sit here and like hold the glass and the flipper and the have my wand stick with the magnet trying to get the ball. I was like, I just have to like pop it up and it's great. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> so I, I thought that was super duper neat. They had a different speaker packages. 
And it also has like an optional shaker motor, which is kind of cool. It can come with a topper. And I love this because the topper, it, it's whether you want it or not, there's an option to integrate it into your machine. It has a connector socket and it's not where they're just going through the back of one of the air vents in the back box. It's actually designed to sit on top of the, the head, which was really neat. I think that was one of the first things he he talked about when he was talking about, you know, how different it is from, from, you know, other stuff, which was pretty cool. So yeah. And the back box drops pretty easily. It's not, you know, just because it has those that lifted, what's it called? The separated head that they were. Yeah. Yeah. It just has two latches on the back and Mm -hmm. it folds and it was really easy. And it's, it's, it's a lot more elegant looking, I think, than maybe the, like the side brackets that we're used to all of Valley Williams in most games nowadays. Um, Cause you just don't see that it's all done from the back and, you know, they have different options. You can have backlit double printed side art panels. You can also have like regular glass or anti-reflective glass or fingerprint resistant glass, which is amazing. <laughs> You know, they have like uh, different types of of lighting things and packages that you can get as well. We saw some of these things, but not everything. We didn't get to see the Cylon style grill, but with the the different type of panoramic art, but we did see a floating back box with a different style of panoramic art that won't be in the final product. But I think the biggest piece of tech and the thing that people got spicy about until they released the article was the dang pin bar, which when I saw it, I'm like, is yeah. that what I think it is? I was like, shut, shut your face. I was like, oh, they put a smartphone on the dang pinball machine. I was like, oh my God. It, it, it seems so simple when you think about it in the world we live in today. I'm like, oh yeah, they put a touchscreen at the bottom of the pinball machine, but it really is innovative in pinball. It's pretty darn cool. When you first saw it, what did you think? To be 100% honest, I was a little bit skeptical about the glass because I am a pretty physical player. I do a lot of like nudging. I'm not like angry, but I will definitely <laughs> get a little rough with, with that part of the pinball machine. So I was a little bit concerned about that. And, you know, we, I aired that to, to Steve and, and Steve said, no, he goes, you know, so far it's, it's been okay. It's, it's held up. I think the biggest thing about the pin bar is that it's also where your start button is. You've got a menu, you, all your settings are in there, you know, instead of using the, the three button, like menu that you guys know and love inside your coin door, um, everything's there in the pin bar. It's going to be able to help you if you need to put in like a service ticket, if you want to do interactive things with the game, um, you're going to be able to access everything on the pin bar. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that there's a, a, a pretty good seal on the inside of the lock bar that's, that's supposed to help keep, you know, liquid spills and stuff like that out. So it's pretty awesome that you can change like your gameplay settings and, and figure out issues like that service button. You don't have to worry about going into the cab. So like if I need to change the volume, I don't have to open up the cab door to, you know, turn the volume up on the thing. And, you know, I can do a quick switch test if I really need to in like right there, right in front of you, which is pretty cool. It's also awesome to not have to look up as much when you're playing. I completely agree. I mean, the animation that's near the back box is amazing. But realistically, whenever they have videos and stuff, like I'm not watching them. My eyes are on the play field. So I think the pin bar is going to help a lot with that, being able to look at my stats and everything going on right there on the play field. It makes more sense when you think about it. Yep. 
Yep, absolutely. I, I agree. Uh, I'm really interested to see um, how it turns out and, and if it if it plays really well, you know, in, in the long run, I think it'll be cool. And, uh, you know, it might be easy to, to be skeptical of something like that, but hopefully they can they can fine tune it and, and make it really, really great. And I think that Deep Root had talked about the description, and I think this is a really fair point. People of a certain age, I would say my age and up, you know, I'm 42. <laughs> um, I'll be 42 in a couple of weeks, but I know how a pinball machine works. I know how a traditional pinball machines work. There's a coin door, you put your money in, there's a start button, but kids like, it's like handing them a rotary phone. Like kids are like, where's my tablet? Like, I don't understand. Like, and yep. if you've been in enough like arcades, you'll come across machines, especially if they're on free play, you know, everybody leaves yeah. like a machine, like, I've put in three players. I'm like, now I've got to just sit here and like get through all this stuff so I can like start over. But I think it's going to make pinball a lot more approachable for young people. Um, Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And and I don't know if, if Robert and, and everybody at Deeper realize this, but just based on the things that we saw, it really does seem like the, the stuff that they want to put out is meant to be more approachable just based on the themes like it seems very kid friendly or very family friendly which is which is really awesome because if we want to keep pinball alive we want to have more stuff that's that can appeal to people who are younger so i think that this might be another you know another piece of that puzzle if you if you will just having something where it's like oh yeah i just push a button to start it's right there on the screen yeah, I completely agree. I think that's a lot more savvy to younger players and to kids and to get them interested in pinball. And it makes it more approachable for them. I mean, I know some of you might like, mm-hmm. it's a start button. It's not hard. But kids, like, I swear, it's like, you ever watch that? Like, they have that show where they give kids old pieces of technology and it makes you feel ancient. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, like what's this? And it's a cassette player. And I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like old. I'm <laughs> feel yeah. old. But yeah. it's like, but if you like stood them in front of this, they would look down immediately, see the pin bar and figure it out. Like, they're like, yep. oh, okay. Yep. The other thing I'm really excited about, I mean, I'm not an operator anymore. You know, I don't work at an arcade and, and, you know, but I, I just, I support operators so much and they help keep the hobby alive. And there's also like, they can remotely access the pin bar. So if, if something's happened, if there's like a coin jam or if there's like, well, maybe not a coin jam, but if, if there's some kind of a technical issue, the operator from what I can tell can access it remotely and, and figure out what's going on. And they can also access their audits. So that means that the operator doesn't have to be making as many trips. Definitely. I mean, if you can put in a ticket and, you know, get connected to, to service and support, whether that be the operator, whether that be, you know, going back to Deep Root to put in a service ticket, I think that's great. And you can look at the audits and look at what has been happening with the machine. As an operator, I, I think that's really great. It's going to give you a lot more awareness of what's going on with your machine instead of, uh, you know, going to check on it once or, you know, twice a month or whatever. Yeah. Yep. I mean, just it's just a cool piece of tech. And, you know, we didn't get to see all the functionality of it. Steve kind of showed us how the pin bar would work. Um, we got to play with it a, a little bit. And, you know, he showed us a lot of, like, screenshots of, like, here's, like, things you can do on the pin bar. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the other big thing was, you know, they were showing us the play fields that they offer and that come with the uh, pin armor coating. You know, we got to do some hammer testing, which was fun. You know, that that was kind of neat. And the thing I loved about their play field, like before we kind of talked about the pin armor, was the backside of it. I think all of us were like, they did, 
they do what? Like, this is awesome. Like, as somebody who's, like, terrified to do a play field swap, the fact that you flipped over the play field and it was labeled with all the parts on where they go, I mean, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, they had all of the lamp, basically all of the lamps, the lamp placements, and the basic bracket, like, outlined, which was really awesome. It was so funny because I think Robert brought us in and he was like, here, let's take a look at the at the pin armor. And we were like, wait a minute, flip it over again. <laughs> we want to look at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, we were we were very excited about that. I think there, there is a picture of you and I pointing at stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was pretty awesome. You know, we did the test with the 16 ounce hammer. I, I took a swipe at it, but I was still kind of afraid because I don't. I feel weird hitting something that I don't own with a hammer. And you you had the huge like 750 gram pinball drop. Yeah. When we did it, there were two play fields. They had one that had like regular coating and then one with the proprietary pin armor coating from Deep Root. The f- so the first play field was actually th- one of the play fields from the machine that they had at Houston, as far as I know. Yeah. So it's already had, yeah, it already had quite a bit of use. It had some, some dents in it already. Um, so he basically had us pick a, a couple of spots where maybe there were less and, and we did, you know, test on one and then move it over to, to the, the one with the pin armor. So we were a little bit concerned about, about the quality of the pin armor, but Robert assured us that it's, you know, it's, an early version they i'm assuming that they have to do a little bit more stuff to it i'm I'm not sure what that entails because but there was some issues there was a like an orange peel can like i don't want to say texture because it really doesn't affect the gameplay when we saw the ball going up and down the play field later on you know when we were there it didn't affect that but you could see it like, but Robert was like, this is an early form of the pin armor coating that you're looking at. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And since it didn't affect gameplay, I was like, hmm, all right. I mean, I was like, if it doesn't affect the gameplay, I'm not too worried about it. We, again, the ball was rolling normally, but it, you could, even though it didn't leave marks and I took a hammer to it, y'all. I, and I mean, I didn't go crazy, but I did like <laughs> hit the dang, you know, play field with it. And there wasn't a mark at all. Yeah. Um, so that was impressive, but it does, if you kind of look at it from the side, it does, the, you do see that texture, but I think it's something that, you know, again, was an, in an early stage that we saw it at. So, yeah. Um, but it was still like the fact that it didn't leave a mark. I was very, very impressed. The audio package, you know, because I read all stuff on Pinside, people were talking about, I'm not going to repeat the word they said, like, but oh, they were geez. talking about the speakers near the coin door. Um, and, you know, people are like, why are the speakers down there? And I'm like, let me tell you, I'm a person that appreciates good sound. And that thing lit it up like I was at a dang concert. Like to hear all of the sound come together. Like it was impressive when they turned it on. We're like, we need to turn that down so we can hear each other. You know, that makes me really curious because because the the whole idea is, is and, and Robert mentioned this, is the way that the channels work, it's it's the way that the sound moves from your body to your ears and the way that you feel. I'm assuming it's the way that you feel the sound. So I'd be interested to know how perhaps maybe a, a deaf person might feel playing this game. Because oh. although they might not be able to hear the call-outs, they're going to feel, you know, the, the, like the, the vibration. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. That's yeah. a really great point. Yeah. I don't know. It's 
something, you know, <laughs> if, if it can make someone who is, who is, you know, disabled enjoy an experience that normally able, able bodied people enjoy. That's pretty cool. I don't know. You have to see. And, the, and there were things that, and we didn't mention this about the pin bar, but it's going to have settings to help differently abled people be able to kind of access pinball, you know, because there are times when people may have issues hitting flipper buttons because that actually requires a lot of hand and dexterity. But with a touchscreen, it's a lot easier. So I was really excited to see that as an aunt to a wonderful nephew with special needs. It means a lot to me to see mm-hmm. that they, they're thinking about differently abled people. So I, I love the idea of thinking about how that sound package, because it was a sound experience. Like I felt like I was at a dang concert in front of like a speaker system, but it was really cool. I was like, this is loud. This is way louder than I thought it'd be. It reminded me of like back in the back in the nineties when I'd put like a VHS tape in and that T like that THX sound would come on and scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I haven't heard that in forever. I wonder if the option to disable like flashers might be uh, might be something that they could do as well because you know and I'm this is so this is like a whole other conversation that we're having now we're talking about you know how to make pinball accessible to to, to disabled people but that's something else that would be that would be really cool because flashers can trigger a lot of problems for people with mm-hmm. you know if you have like, um, issues with seizures or anything like that you know those leds yep. tripping out like i don't have anything like that but f14 tomcat like i'm like i can't play this right now i just can't do it it's freaking me <laughs> yeah. out but yeah. i think that yeah. you know with that pin bar there were a lot of settings in there and i think that you're going to be able to if you need to dim things um i think you're going to have easier accessibility to dim lights and, and change things out so i i think that is going to be there. And I, I really applaud them for that. So some of the yeah. other features that they're going to have, they didn't debut this, but they talked about it and it's in the article that one person set up. Like to me, that's a huge game changer. And I was telling a story that we were having this conversation online about like, you can't, okay, let's step back. You can move a pinball machine by yourself, but I would never recommend it. It's like, the, it's so like awful <laughs> to do it. You need at minimum two people, but you really need three. They have a thing. I We didn't see it because it's going to be debuted at Pinball Expo from what I understand. But essentially you can retrofit it to an older cabinet and it'll come standard with the deep root machines. And it's a one person setup. Mm-hmm. And Crystal, you've moved tons of machines between, you know, working with Marco and working at Logan. I mean, I've moved several, but I'm sure you've moved many more. And to be able to do it with one person, I think that's amazing. Also, as a woman, I'm not saying that women can't do everything. I'm just saying that I lack upper body strength. Sure. <laughs> uh, I just think I just can't. I'm like, when I'm having to lift one of those machines, especially those older ones, I'm like, I just had to move my, my Cleopatra. I was like, good God, this thing is just so heavy so heavy. I, I know that it's 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 easy, quote unquote, for for a seasoned professional or someone who's been moving pinball machines around. For instance, Gavin, who who is an operator in Chicago, I mean, he can move a, a pinball machine by himself like 
with the back of his with the back of his hand. I don't. That's not an analogy, but he, you know, he can move it at ease. He's he's very he does it all the time. It's easy for him, but you know, having the one person set up is definitely going to be helpful to to people like like what you said, like who might not be able to do it as easily. So that sounds really cool. And and you know, if you if you do have an arcade or or something, or you're an operator, it's like, well, if it's going to cut my time in half, then maybe this would be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I why mean, why wouldn't you get it? Like, it's but yeah. yeah, for an operator, I mean, because. It, realistically, pin skates are probably the most versatile thing when you're moving stuff around. But mm-hmm. you know, you, using the one person setup with pin skates would make the job like a lot easier. At least I think. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they what they uh, show at at Pinball Expo because it could be really cool. I'm also really excited that they're doing like the like the leveling thing. They're apparently like they've got this leveling guidance system that's gonna basically just be a couple of simple you know it's like a preset sort of thing and you can do it on the pin bar yeah we didn't get to see that but i believe you can do it on the pin bar and as we were talking about you don't have to do the turtle where you have to get under there and we all know it because we've all done it where you've like essentially i'm going to lift the pinball machine with my back because you know that's super safe I have definitely hurt myself doing that. And I know of one person who actually broke his ankle doing that. <gasps> oh my God, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh. oh my God, that sounds awful. The pin pod, which I thought was cool. You know, it's a reusable pinball storage shipping container. Like, I mean, we've all seen the photos of somebody who did took a forklift to a cardboard box and you're like, my baby, no. It's awful. I've I've had to see customers, you know, like see somebody, see one of my associates call a customer and be like, well, the FedEx guy put a forklift through your game. And, you know, it, it's it's just an awful, awful thing. But this was this was really exciting to see. It's really interesting. And it's really nah, I'm going to use this word like it's like I'm handing it out for free, but it, it's innovative. I don't know. I think it's really, it's really cool. We really agree on the innovation, even though we're like, everything's so innovative. Like, yeah. it's that candy, but it is, it was like, man, like that thing is in there. Like, you know, like you have that friend that's a really good packer and like, you're always like, you open their suitcase and you're like, this is amazing. Like, it, it's like, essentially <laughs> like we, we've tasked them with building the perfect way to ship a pinball machine. If you've spent like an obscene amount of money on a pinball machine, you know, you got your LE edition thing, yada, yada, yada. Why not (laughs) protect your investment and get the pin bot? It is optional. They do have a cardboard box that you can get. But, you know, if if you're spending that kind of money on a pinball machine, I'm like, I'd want to protect my baby. So. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And it also, I mean, depending on on how how you haul games, I'm not sure. I know that most people haul games in trucks or you know, like the back of their hatchback wagon. But you know, if you're going to shows a lot and you want to bring a, a pin or two, this might be a good option if you have something big enough to fit that. But it's pretty cool. They they go into detail, and I don't think Crystal and I are going to do this because I honestly don't feel like I would do it justice. But they do go into detail about their software and their operating system, it is pretty in-depth about like what their backbone is for their software. All of the the activity and the interconnectivity is going to go through that pin bar. I will say that the animations are 
amazing. They're absolutely beautiful. And again, that software is feeding into that pin bar and they're time stamping everything that's happening within the machine. So you have a, a up-to-date picture of, of everything that's going on. So if there are issues with you, you can diagnose it and, you know, get some diagnostics, which is pretty neat. And then you can also like access your login information anywhere. Like you can go to any deep root machine and then, you know, pull in preferences and pull in like your personal data. You can log in. I, I think that's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool that you can set it to like either either private or public. So it's like home use or location use. So if you do have it and you're going to put it on location, you can set it like you were saying, like you have like a login. So it's like, okay, well, I'm the operator and I need to log in and do this, that or the other thing, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah. And they're also going to have pin access, which is their mobile app. So you'll be able to access things as well, like bringing in leaderboards and scores and, and offer more like community features and things like that. I think that the cool thing though, is the shot log. It can keep track of all the shots you do during gameplay. So you can learn how to play and learn how to score. I, I definitely, I don't know who came up with that, but I'm like, man, I was like, you're going to keep track of everything. That's so neat. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of learn what you're doing and, it can be saved. So you can kind of go back, like, how did I do that combo? And you're like, oh, yeah. And you can study your shot logs. I just think that that's really neat. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty cool. It's an interesting way of sharing and competing that's outside of like typical sort of things like, like, yeah, I use Pindigo and it's great. And it helps me compete with myself and challenge myself and other people. So it's like, I'll be like, oh, yeah, Lauren has the number two score on Cleopatra. I want to try and beat her. So I keep chasing that. Or, you know, even just looking at my own score, like to see this shot log, it's, it's taking it to a new sort of a new sort of place as far as like competing with yourself and, and with others as well, which is cool. Yeah, and I, I just I just think that there's a lot of really neat applications between the app and the pin bar that are, are going to be really innovative and really neat. They do have the three tier system as we kind of understand it. They they do title them differently. They have the arcade edition, which would be their they, their budget version or pro um, that that we're kind of familiar with. They have the X edition, which has that floating back bar. And then more upgrades than, you know, your budget AE. And then they have the extra, which is extra. So that that would be like what you guys would consider maybe a limited edition. And it has a, a whole bunch more stuff that's even above what you would get with the X edition. So, I mean, we got to see like what was offered with, you know, each. We, you know, we didn't get to see them in person, but we have an idea. And, you know, it's pretty neat. Like, just what you get, you know, just with a budget version. And, I mean, I mean, the, the pin bar comes with all of them. It's not like, you know, you're not going to get a pin bar with, you know, just the LE or just the, you know, X edition. That, that pin bar is standard, no matter mm -hmm. what trim you get. Yep. So, I mean, it kind of just depends. And they, they said that, you know, some games, they, they may release across all three trims. Maybe it'll just be like one trim. You know, it just depends on on what they decide for those those titles. And speaking of, I was very surprised about this part because we did get to see a lot of the things they were working on. Uh, a lot of the titles, a lot of the backroom Whitewood sort of things. We're just going to go through the future titles and just talk to you a little bit about them. I, I know some of you may have heard about them on the article, but the first one, Fire and Brimstone, I knew that this was a title. I literally thought it was like a medieval madness thing. It's actually a Old Testament concept. And 
I was uh, surprised. I had never thought about that being a game. It is a a multi-denominational game, reliving the Old Testament and the prophets of ancient times. I... I don't know if I would buy it, but I know that there is a section of the population that would really dig it. And you're offering machines to a section of the population that, you know, probably isn't catered by a lot of, you know, rock pins with sexy chicks on the back glass. You know, you're not going to buy that for, you know, the youth summer camp. Um, So I think that, you know, something like this may appeal to a different type of buyer. For sure. And I think that there are people who might even buy it ironically, which is really strange to say, but I I guess it's kind of one of those things like I'm just going to wait and see. It's so tough to talk about future plan titles because it's like, well, you could talk about theme and you could talk about the basics, but uh, until I see the end product, it's, it's so hard to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's a cool game, but you know, it's fun to speculate sometimes yeah it, it is it is very fun and i i was just like I, I was like i was so wrong about this i was like yeah. okay, well, we'll see how this like turns out i'm interested i i i would i would like to play this i don't know if i would if playing would turn to buying but i definitely would want to play this for sure um, the, the 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 next title that they were talking about was one that i they made fun of it on Pinside. Shame on y'all. It was super fun. It looked fun. And I'm super excited about it. And that's Food Truck. And I'm like, oh, you've taken my love of like the Food Network <laughs> and, and revamped it. So, I, uh, I said that it's it's very reminiscent of of the spirit of Junkyard. And I mean, it is a Barry Ausler game. So it's, it's very like, I don't know. I, again, like until I see it, I, I can't say that for sure, but that's just the feeling I got. And I, and I really appreciate that because again, that's like hearkening back to the Williams, like WPC mid nineties, like goofy, silly, fun. And it's like family friendly, which is really cool. Yeah. These are, I will say that there is a, an essence or the, the spirit of what they're trying to do is make pinball, you know, is, accessible as possible for a lot of different people that maybe weren't seen in pinball. So I, I honestly dig food truck. I am very excited to see how that turns out. I can't talk to you about the mech in the game, but there's a really cool mech in there. And I'm like, what? And I, it looked neat. So I'm excited to see how that turns out. So y'all like, we're like food truck. It's lame. It's like food truck's awesome. It was, it was great. I loved it. I do get why licenses work and I get that, but I, I like these original games because it does harken back to, like you said, those like 90 WPC games. So the next one, this yeah. one's designed by John Norris, Merlin's Arcade, does have that 80s arcade vibe. It, it's from what I understand and what we saw is based on an eight ball deluxe. And it's got the, you guys saw the artwork. It's very like 80s artwork. Medieval Arcade Olympics set in the 1980s. Train with Merlin and the Knights of the Round Table. Battle Morgan Le Fay to regain the Holy Poppin' Grail. So <laughs> <laughs> um, very tongue in cheek, but it looked cool. Steve had said it was really amazing to work with John Norris and have that opportunity. I'm excited to see how that one turns out. I like that they have the the alphanumeric display like to kind of keep it with that 80s theme. Oh yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, it's fun. The next one, which I was, you know, you know how I feel about dad bands. But if you're going to do a dad band, like The Who, which is so um, iconic and so intertwined with pinball, that I'm interested interested to see how 
um, they come about that with the who we I didn't we didn't see a Whitewood for that, but they had talked about that being a, a concept that's in development. They're looking for the pinball wizard. I'm interested to see what music they got from the who and what they're going to be able to use. There are so far two pinball machines based on Tommy and the who. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Yeah, for sure. Are you a fan of the who? They're all right. I I think I might have burnt out a little bit. <laughs> I went through a, like a pretty a pretty hard the Who phase when I was like twenty twenty one years old, and I still really like Keith Moon. I think he's one of the most interesting drummers that's ever existed. But if I don't have to hear Pinball Wizard again for the rest of my life, I would be I would be more than happy. <laughs> yeah, y'all, it's a thing. I mean, all of you know you're if you're listening to this, more than likely you are a pinball fan, and at any time that you can, I'm into pinball. Oh, you're a pinball wizard, aren't you? I'm like, yes, yeah. yes I am. It's, I feel bad because I understand that they're just trying to like to to relate and and be yeah. sweet and earnest, but oh, yeah. at the same time, it's like I hear this all the time. Stop. Oh, for real. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the next one they had up was Gladiator. You know, the the captured slave who must rise the ranks of gladiators in Rome and hone your skills and kill the senators. It looks a little violent, but I'm not going to lie. I liked Gladiator, the movie with Russell Crowe. It's one of my favorites. I think I actually talked about that on the last episode, but it's based on 3D space. (laughs) You know know what I was thinking when I saw this and I felt so bad just even thinking this would be so cool if the Gladiator was like a badass female warrior and not just. (gasps) I love that idea. Like in the, you know, like in the style of Paragon or whatever, but it's like, just like this really cool lady gladiator who has all of her armor and is ready to kick some ass. It would just be kind of, kind of neat to see that sort of shift in theme. Not just because I'm a feminist, but because I don't know, it would be, be interesting and different. different. And I would love to see Wonder Woman, like, you know, I feel like this could kind of, you know, be a Wonder Woman style moment, you know, have a female, you know, driven character machine. I, I like it. I mean, I, I'm interested to see how this one turns out. Again, the primary oh, designer on this is Ausler, but it looks cool. I'm excited regardless. I like. Yeah. I'm excited to see to see what comes up, especially because, like you said, it's based on 3D Space Cadet, which is a really hard layout to to make real, as far yeah. as I know. Like, I think that I think people have tried and and failed, and it'll be it'll be cool to see how that how that turns out. But we did uh, get to see, I think, a Whitewood on this, but uh, Yukon Yeti, a.k.a. Whitewater 2.0. I like Whitewater, so I would be def- definitely down to play Yukon Yeti. This was actually the one that I was the most excited about, just because I, I do love that era of, of Williams so much. And I am such a huge fan of Dennis Norman and, and Whitewater in particular. And seeing that like cute little freaking teenage yeti or whatever it is like those those <laughs> concept drawings i got i got so pumped and i was like even just the idea of a second white water game got me got me really excited and i think this is probably the title that i'm i'm the most looking forward to seeing a couple of other uh titles they had machine age which we didn't you know get too much info about but you know it's a um, you know you're dropped into different ages and beings and times itself Two punk heroes take on the world's greatest threat in the very dystopian, you know, speaking of like Gladiator and Ridley Scott, you know, it's like very Blade Runner, you know, esque kind of thing. It, it's interesting. And this one's also by Dennis Nordman as well. So kind of interesting to see how that that plays out. 
the other couple ones that came up, there is no title for this one yet, but essentially space pirates. Like, who doesn't love space or pirates? And you've put them together. And they're basing it on Black Hole, which is one of my favorites, even though it's mean. it's That's a very mean game. Super mean. And very big. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It's a huge game. Such a big game. That back glass is, is beautiful. If they can if they can rival that that spinning back glass. Ooh, oh man. Yeah. Ooh, gorgeous. It's so pretty. I mean, once you like see that with a little like, you know, man spinning around in the black hole. I mean, it's beautiful. I it's it's a fun game to play. Although I will say every time it pops up in league, I hear groaning. Oh, I bought black <laughs> hole. Like y'all it's, it's an automatic thing. I don't choose them. Don't be sad. So <laughs> overall, you know, even though things didn't turn out as they planned, I had a great time. The people there were incredibly kind and there was just so much innovation and they're just trying so hard to do something a little different. And you know, I'm cheering for them. I'm, I'm definitely rooting for everybody at Deep Root. What, what are your kind of final thoughts, Crystal? I've used this this phrase to talk about Deep Root since pretty much the beginning, since, you know, the the announcement that they were going to make multiple titles over a certain amount of time. And, and even when Raza came out in uh, Houston, and, and the word I'm using is, is cautiously optimistic. I am rooting for them for sure. I uh, like, uh, we just, we want to see more pinball. And if they can do that, that would be awesome. I think that they're very ambitious, which is another word that I've used since the beginning. And, and seeing what they've come up with is great. Um, It was a really awesome experience. And again, I think like we were very lucky to be able to go and, and see it and give our feedback and, and have that feedback actually listened to. Yeah, definitely. was pretty great. And yeah, I don't know. That's that's about the gist of it. I want them to succeed. Um, yeah. It, more pinball can't be bad, y'all. Like more yeah. pinball can't be bad. And the fact that people want to try and, you know, the more people we have in the marketplace, the better it's going to be for us as consumers. I mean, there's just that that's a proven you know, economic fact. So I yeah. think that more pinball is better. And you know, they're trying their their best and, you know, what they've got coming down the pipeline, I think people are just going to be really impressed with. Unfortunately, you know, as it is in this hobby, people are going to, um, they're going to hate on almost everything. They're going to find ways to be overly critical in a, in a really negative way. And, and that's true. There's a difference between being critical and, and raising up good questions and having feedback and, and, you know, being, you know, just on people. <laughs> Sorry, I'm cursing. I forget if I'm allowed to curse on this show. You're um, not. You're going to get beefed, but I love you anyways. <laughs> okay, I want cool. you to be real. That's Christian. fine. <laughs> That's fine. But let's just, let's just hope that they, that they can come up with something, you know, they can come out with this stuff and, and we can play it and see how good it is. I said at the beginning, I'm the hometown girl. They're going to make pinball my hometown. That's amazing. I guess I love that. Cautiously optimistic. Yes. Um, but I, I'm like wishing them all the best. And I really hope that, you know, they come out with the Raza and these other titles sooner rather than later. Because mama would love a new pinball machine under her Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I think my, my partner is always afraid, like, Wait, you went? Did you didn't put a deposit on anything or do anything? I'm like, no, I didn't buy anything. Calm down, it's gonna be fine. 
Again, all the best to Robert and the Deep Root family and thank them again for inviting us in and, and let it, letting us see what they're working on and also taking what we said to heart and, you know, doing some some tweaking and, and doing some things behind the scenes. And, you know, let's I, I definitely would love to go back and, you know, get an opportunity to to see more things and to go back into the chocolate factory. So <laughs> would I. Absolutely. Well, Crystal, for listeners, where can they pick up all the info about the plum? Yeah, you could find the plum on the pinball network. It's on the Podbean app. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's on iTunes as well. I think I have about four or five episodes and uh, I'm planning to come back from hiatus. So, so keep an eye out for that. I'll have more episodes out. I'm on Instagram. I think I'm on Twitter. Just find me. Just, you could probably just find me if you do, if you just Google it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so lazy at, at, at repping myself, but but there you have it. Crystal is awesome. Like I'll rep her for y'all. Y'all she's awesome. And she's so sweet and just full of kindness and just lots of pinball knowledge. I had the best time hanging out with you this weekend. So I'm like, likewise. So we had so much fun and you guys, I mean, you guys are listening to the Blackbox pinball podcast. So I'm, out where podcasts are. So, and of course there's a website, backboxpinballpodcast.com. We got more info on that, but I've loved our crossover episode. I don't know if we're going to have like a Scooby-Doo ending or if, you know, we're going to have like a special moment, like, and now, you know, and the star goes across. (laughs) Classic nineties. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, Really enjoyed this crossover episode of the Backbox Pinball Podcast and The Plum. You guys stay safe, take care, and keep kicking. I can't even talk today. (laughs) (laughs) You got this, Lauren. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and keep flipping. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To get pinball fun delivered to you every week, subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at show notes and more, visit our website at backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.fireside.fm. Thanks for taking us with you, and keep flipping!